In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. With your permission, Lord Jesus Christ, fully present with us in this in the Blessed Sacrament, in this time of prayer. And as we contemplate your true presence, Jesus, we are reminded by your Eucharistic presence that analogously we have to imitate you in the Eucharist. Our Lord is literally in the world through his true presence in the Eucharist. And it takes human work to hold the true presence of Jesus Christ. Bread is not a direct creation of God. The wheat is, but the bread is a result of man completing God's creation. And our Lord is telling us that we need to be his presence in the middle of the world. The topic of prayer is to become Christ, also the topic is means of formation. Becoming Christ is a little bit more catchy than means of formation at five of nine in the evening. But means of formation, I was overhearing the previous meditation of voluntarism and effort, and we don't want to reduce means of formation as my personal training to merely get better at living the spirit of Opus Dei. I just got to get better at it. And it's a question of me responding to training as opposed to what is the goal but to be Christ. This is very peculiar to the gospel. In fact, I never thought about it this way until I read it for the sake of this meditation, that Jesus produced a lot of shock to his audience. He was into shock value. To me, he was. Hating your life, hating this and hating that, almost using analogies of mortal sin to make a point. Hate your mother and father, hate your brother, hate your very life. If you don't do that, you're not worthy of me. Obviously, you don't take that literally. I don't care how much of a fundamentalist you are. You've got to make an exception to that. Or, you know, washing feet. And this is in the Sermon of the Mount, even though we may not catch it at face value. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay, fine. I mean, that's how I read it. Makes sense. The Pharisees were kind of hypocritical. They weren't so hot. And it shouldn't be too hard to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. But there's more than what meets the eye. That produced a lot of shock value. Because the Pharisees, not every Pharisee was a hypocrite. I want God to give me slack, so I'm going to give the Pharisees slack. Probably most of them were not hypocrites. They were good people. Uh, there's something to be said 
in living the Ten Commandments. They were known to live the moral law. Not bad. I don't mean to make a value judgment, but living the Ten Commandments ain't all that easy. And if it's easy for you, let's get together and tell me your secret. So they lived it. And not only that, at least in the parable of the Pharisee and the publican, he prayed a number of times. He had his Jewish version of the plan of life. He would stop and pray. And he was mortified. He fasted. And not only that, he wasn't, he wasn't greedy. He gave money. He gave alms. At least in our Lord's parable, the only absence was these two virtues, one humility and one charity. Other than that, the guy was okay. And so this probably surprised the listeners. What these guys are, our all-stars. And not only that, they, they really studied their religion. They're experts on the Jewish faith. They're wise people. They're paradigms of virtue. They're paradigms of prayer and of austerity, these Pharisees. And now you're saying, I won't make your team unless I go way beyond the religious practice of the Pharisees. That must have shaken up that crowd of people. There are lots of people. And most of those people weren't all that hot when it came to the Ten Commandments and religious practice. And the miracle of the gospel is that Jesus speaks to me personally. And not just in one instance. Every time I read that gospel, there's a personal message conveyed to me. And right now, our Lord is telling me, Peter, James, Jimmy, Henry, whatever, unless your sanctity or unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you're not doing it right. And these guys, at least in terms of quantity, were doing a lot. And relatively speaking, they were off the charts. Lord, talk to me. What do you... What do you mean? What are you saying to me? I could take it. Tell me. I, I can be better. I go to Mass every day. I spend time in, in meditation. I am devoted to your mother, by the way. I really do want to live charity. I, I'm pushing myself. I, I slip and fall, and then I go to confession. And I begin again. Let's thank our Lord that we have that kind of faithfulness. Our Lord is not going to criticize that, and our Lord is happy with that. But I know, Lord, you're, you're trying to get my attention here. It's got to exceed the scribes and the Pharisees that going through the motions is unacceptable. And we don't want to go through the motions. That's why you've devoted a Tuesday night to a recollection. Lord, I don't want to go through the motions. What are you telling me? Well, I think this encounter with the rich young man kind of fills in the blank. Because, Lord, I, I'm not sure what you're saying. I mean, if I'm walking the walk, how does that apply to me? Well, let's read this. The rich young man, as he's traditionally known, well, he's called rich in one of the Gospels. He's obviously young. He runs to our Lord and drops to his knees. Now I can't, I can't relate to that anymore. Uh, so he's, he's young. And so he drops to his knees, and he's kind of a young whippersnapper, idealistic kid. Obviously, he showed up to some of our Lord's addresses and maybe witnessed his uh, miracles, heard him speak a number of times, and he gets there first, he runs there, he drops to his knees, he's a rich young man, he's probably healthy, fit, and 
very American-esque. Give me the bottom line. What must I do to be exceedingly happy? What must I do to be a saint? What must I do? Uh, keep it short. Our Lord does. He knows that Americans are going to read this, so he did keep the, keep the conversation short. You know, let's face it, we want the help men, especially we men. We, we don't, Lord, just, just, just give, it, you know, give it to me straight up. And he does. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. That would be for another meditation, but he tells the young man that God is the only good that can fill him because, I mean, technically he's not the only good. You guys are good. Uh, this chapel is good. Uh, the meal you may have had is good. You know, so there's a lot of good. The temperature is good. But God is the only good in terms of I am the only good that could fill you. And why is our Lord saying that? Because he's going to move in for, for the kill. I mean that metaphorically. He's going to put the kid on edge. He's going to produce a shock. He's going to shock him. He's going to shock you. He's going to shock me. And he'll shock his apostles. And you could even, even after 2,000 plus years, the reaction of the apostles is that of incredulity and maybe slight anger. Definitely irritation. And he says, well, keep the commandments. And the kid, maybe he was a son of a Pharisee. He's young. He keeps all the commandments. I know it's the old law, but what can I tell you? Given the culture, there's not too many people who keep all the commandments. Those commandments that are multiples of three, as you heard in your first meditation, are always a challenge in any culture, but especially now. But anyway, he did it all. He, he was okay on all fronts. No resentments, chaste life, sincere young man, truthful, treated everybody fairly, loved neighbor as self, on and on. Teacher, all these I've observed from my youth. He probably expected a pat on the back and, you know, given the motley crew Jesus had for apostles, perhaps he expected, listen, you motley crew, why can't you be like Seth here? Seth has his act together. What do you think? Can you join my team in spite of the motley crew? We got all sorts of interesting characters. One used to be in the mafia, Matthew. And Jesus, looking upon him, loved him. Man, do I want you as one of my followers. He looked at him and loved him. I'm proud of you. You're living all the commandments. You want to know how to attain eternal life. Okay, this is the hitch. This is how you sign up. You lack one thing. Give it all. Go sell what you have which is giving it all. He says sell because you, that's how you buy Jesus. The price tag of obtaining Christ's life in ourselves is all. Whether it's the two pennies of the poor woman in the synagogue or it's Matthew who had three houses and five camels and ten horses. That's the bottom line, Lord, and that's where I need your, your enlightenment and I need that grace of the Holy Spirit called fortitude to see where I'm not giving it all in love. Because there's an occupational hazard in being in the work. I mean, we're under scrutiny. You know that. Family members are watching. Friends are watching. And they're not watching whether, hey, listen, um, you know, I'm not saying neglect pious practices. 
they're not watching the pious practices. They're watching the bottom line. Is he giving me an experience of the heart of Christ? Is he or isn't he? I don't care how many masses he's going. And if he's going to a lot of masses and he's not giving me an experience of the heart of Christ, I'm not convinced. That's the, ha- that's the hazard. I mean, at least the Pharisee in the public, in the parable of, uh, with the publican, he didn't have that heart. And that's what our Lord has against him, against his prayer. He wasn't moved. He didn't love the publican. So, Lord, what, what do you mean again? My righteousness has to exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisee, that my norms of piety, at least for my end, I need the grace of the Holy Spirit. I, it's got to be an encounter with our Lord. I have to see it that way. It has to be a high point, not a, not a duty point. And I don't say this to discourage myself. I mean, I'm, talking, I'm praying, uh, applying to this myself, preaching to myself. It's not a question of guilt trip or, you know, wringing my hands. Well, I'm probably not giving an experience of Christ. Well, I, I need to be more focused on him. In my, my prayer has to be a high point. It doesn't mean an easy point, but it has to be a high point where I tap into that love of Christ. Paul says, the love of God is poured into my heart. Maybe a little anecdote. I was kind of humbled. I was on a long trip with gentlemen a little bit older than me, and both were committed to doing mental prayer and three-hour ride, so I figure, and there's nothing wrong with using the car or the train. But anyway, I was going to, I said, let's, let's do the prayer. Let's do mental prayer. He says, okay. Pull aside, go to the next rest area. I said, "Well, uh, I don't. Oh, you need you need to use the facilities." No, we're going to do our mental prayer. I go, "That's a rest area." He says, "Yeah, I don't want to do it while we're driving." I go, "Why not?" Because I want to do it well. I go, "Oh, oh, oh, sure, of course." So we got off, and he said, "Would you mind reading some points from the way?" Let's go over there in a secluded area. Obviously, it was a better prayer than if we would have done the car. It was Humbled, I should have been the one saying that. I figured, you'd think I'd learn my lesson. I go again, another trip with the same guy, long trip. And I said, well, should we stop at the rest area? He says, no need. Okay, okay, we'll do in the car. No, no, we're not going to do in the car. Uh, we'll, we're going to arrive early, and there's a church that is open. We're going to go into church. I said, oh, oh, good, good. And maybe that's a little indicator. Now, please, the... the, 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 the the moral of the story is never to do it in the car. I'm not saying that. I mean, sometimes we can't, we have no choice. But this person, even though he probably forgot about it, and, and I think if I twisted his arm, he would have done it in the car. Well, maybe not. Not this guy. No, he, no, he wouldn't have. Take it back. Um, but what, what, a, what a message of, okay, this is how you deal with our Lord. I mean, you take these things seriously. And I, I'm going to read a point I don't like. In the way, I mean, it's good for me, but I don't like it. You lack drive. Now, now you know why I don't like it. You lack drive, that's why you sway so few. You don't seem very convinced of what you gain by giving up the things of the earth for Christ. Remember, a hundredfold in life everlasting, you call that a poor bargain. I don't, here's another point I don't, I don't like but I know I need it. Yours is only a small love if you're not zealous for the salvation of all souls. 
Yours is only a poor love if you are not eager to inflame other apostles with your madness. Well, Lord, I don't want to have a small love. I may have a small love, but I don't want to have it. And with your grace, I won't have it. What must I do? I'm not going to make formulate uh, 10 resolutions, maybe one or two, that I eagerly receive my formation not as a way of self-improvement, but to see lights, how to follow you more closely and to see it, the means of formation as a prayer, but maybe from the listening end. One may say, well, sometimes I'm bored with the formative means. That's irrele- irrelevant whether we're bored or not. There's, there's always going to be something that our Lord's going to tell us, whether it's interesting, whether it's not less interesting. There's always something. And I need to chip away at selling all that I have to give to the poor because we're riddled with poor. This absence of Christ, this ignorance of Christ, this ignorance of the moral law, it doesn't get poorer than that. And what I have been asked to give to the poor. I can't give what I don't have. This works. I have one last anecdote. I heard this from many many of you still remember him, Father Bill Stetson, who had the grace and privilege to have lived with St. Jose Maria in the 50s early 60s. And he tells it, and he, he gets pretty choked up, and uh, he said, well, he the last time he had seen him was on a trip to this annual pilgrimage, different centers of Opus Dei called Univ, during Holy Week. You see the Father, you see the Pope, you pray in the different churches of Rome, etc. And there was a get-together with, at that time, St. Jose Maria. And St. Jose Maria saw Father Bill, made a beeline for him, threw his arms around him, gave him a big hug, said a few words. And when Father Bill he kept telling this, you know, as best he could without getting too emotional, that he had changed. He's in the 50s and the 60s, he was known for his sanctity, but his sanctity had grown. That he was more affectionate. There was, there was a greater kindness greater love. He said it was hard to, he, he couldn't go on. He, that, 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 that embrace, that, that exchange of words packed a huge punch. That's where our formation must lead, that we grow in this love of Christ. We grow in this love for others. That's the purpose of our formation, to become Christ. We close our prayer addressing these words to the Blessed Mother, so she ingrained it in me. Why don't you give yourself to God once and for all, really now? Go preach the gospel by who we are and more than by what we say. I will be with you. Jesus has said this and he has said it to you. Mary, pray for us so that we make an effective resolution with the grace of your Son approach that goal of becoming Christ. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for